We're going to continue now in the Word of God. We're going to be opening up the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. Some of you know that today is actually Palm Sunday, and it marks the beginning of Holy Week or Easter Week, where we remember the final week of the ministry of Jesus here on earth before he took the cross and he rose again. And today we're going to be looking at the passage that actually commemorates the beginning of this week. We're going to be looking at the passage of Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem. And as he entered, people were holding palms, crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And we're going to be reflecting on what exactly that means. So today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. You can follow along in your Bibles or you can hear God's word read aloud. I'll be reading in English, but you can follow along in Spanish as well. Mark chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. Let's hear now with open ears from the book that we love, from the Word of God. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them. They answered in the way Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, that you meet us here this morning and we acknowledge that you are the one who we're united around, the one who gathers us, Lord, wherever we find ourselves, in our homes, or connecting with this online community, Lord. We pray that today you would speak to us, open our hearts, open our minds, give us wisdom and understanding, Lord, that we may know your truth and your way. Lord, we pray that you would illumine us, God. Shine a light on us, God Almighty, so that we would hear your word. Speak to us clearly and directly today, God. We're open to what it is you have to say, God. 
We trust in you and we believe in you and we pray all this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen. The scriptures that we're looking at today actually remind us of this incredible event of the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, which was the event that kicked off all of the events of Holy Week or Easter Week. It all began with this moment of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. And some of us are familiar with this passage, others perhaps not so much. And some of us have actually heard before this phrase, Hosanna in the highest. Maybe you've sang it in church before, or you've read it in the Bible, or maybe you've just heard of this phrase but have never known exactly what it means. Today we're going to be diving a little deeper into that word and into the meaning of this event of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It's possible sometimes that Events that are groundbreaking, such as this one, they can sometimes be overlooked due to their familiarity. Again, some of us are just familiar with this phrase, with this word, Hosanna, but maybe we've never known exactly what it means. Or we've sang before, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. As we reflect on this word, Hosanna, we remember that the meaning of this word, Hosanna, actually simply means save us. So as Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, there's a parade of people with palms in their hands and they are crying out to God, they're crying out to Jesus and they are saying, save us, Hosanna. And it's amazing because when we think about Jesus and even his name, is a name that, is, uh, that has meaning and a name that has power and a name that actually is a proclamation as well. We've talked about this before here at Imago, but the name of Jesus, Jesus actually means the Lord God saves. So it's an amazing dynamic here. As Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, the people are crying out, save us. And God responds with Jesus, the Lord God saves. Perhaps this week and this month, many of us are doing the same. We're crying out to God and we're saying, save us. And God's response is Jesus, the Lord God saves. This entry into Jerusalem has significance. It's not just any other entry, but it's a very particular and very specific entry. Yes, it is important to acknowledge the excitement and the parade and the palms, but even more important than just those things, than the palms and the excitement and the celebration, even more important than how the entrance occurred. The most important part of this passage of the Bible is not just how it occurred, but here it's really emphasizing who entered who exactly is entering into Jerusalem? Who is hearing the cries of the people crying out, save us? Here in this passage, it's all about who is entering. It's all about the entry, not just about the palms, not just about the excitement, not just about the celebration. It's all about who is entering. 
And it's very easy to miss the true significance of this amazing and remarkable event. We see that Jesus enters willingly into Jerusalem to fulfill his mission. His mission that would ultimately take him to the cross and to the resurrection. Jesus enters willingly to fulfill this mission. Again, it's important to see how he entered with the excitement and with the palms. But of first importance, let's not miss the main point here. The first importance is who is entering. Who is entering to respond to the cries of the people, the people crying out, save us. Jesus, the Lord God saves, is responding. Jesus is God's answer to people crying out, save us. There is one entering to fulfill a mission. There is one entering to bring about salvation. There is one entering to bring about restoration and salvation to those in need. He is entering into the cries of the people, crying out, save us. Jesus enters into that scenario, into that scene, and it's what takes him all the way to the cross. The cross is the power of God. The cross is God making a way where it seems like there is no way. That's the mission that Jesus comes to fulfill. Jesucristo Tiene una misión y esa misión lo lleva a la cruz. The triumphal entry is a reminder that it is possible to know what's coming and to still be surprised. Palm Sunday is the first day of Holy Week or Easter Week. And it's a day that began so well. And in fact, everyone here in this point of the beginning of Easter week, in the entry into Jerusalem, through the parades, through the excitement, through the palms, everyone was willing to actually take part in this event. And at least at this point, as he was entering into Jerusalem. And then throughout the gospel, we see that Jesus had been telling his followers, his disciples, what the purpose of his entry into Jerusalem would be. He had been telling them, not hinting, but directly telling his disciples that he was going to enter into Jerusalem to die. Everyone witnessing Jesus enter into Jerusalem, I'm sure they had expectations. They had expectations of who he should be or what he should do. They had expectations of what this proclaimed king riding on a donkey, or or as the scripture here says, riding on a colt. They all had expectations and wants and desires of who he should be and what he should do. There was excitement. There was hope. There was anticipation from the crowd. But what unfolds here? In this week of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, what unfolds here is so different than what anyone would have thought or expected. We've been on a journey together. In this past month, it's actually now been a month that we've been doing online worship. And we've been on a journey 
of trusting God in uncertain times. And when we trust God in uncertain times, that means that we're going to be on a journey with an unexpected God. With a God who comes in and actually turns our world right side up. For many of us, this week, this month, these past few days perhaps have felt like our worlds have been turned completely upside down. As we continue to trust in God in uncertain times, we see how he will continuously meet us where we're at, take us where we need to be, and actually turn our worlds right side up. Right now, a lot of us are actually getting a huge reminder, and it's a bit of a challenging and painful reminder for some. Our worlds are getting turned actually right side up when we're reminded in this season that life is fleeting, that life is vulnerable. We're being reminded again, things are getting turned right side up when we're reminded that we are not in control. This pandemic in many ways has served as that clarifying reminder that we are not in control. Life is fleeting and we are more vulnerable than we want to admit. God meets us in those moments as we cry out, save us. He responds. He enters into those spaces with us and he turns our world right side up. May we hold on to him as he continues to bring it all together. Right now, it may not make any sense, but we place our hope and our trust in him. God continuously being willing to turn our worlds right side up is a reminder to us that God is free. God does not just conform to our expectations or to our wants. God is free. God is not just a people pleaser and God is not simply addicted to approval. And once again, here we see God at work, this unexpected God making an unexpected entry into Jerusalem to display his unexpected power on the cross and then his unexpected victory through the resurrection. That is the God that we are following. That is the God that invites us on this journey in this Easter week. This week, Jesus is going to take us to some unexpected places. We see that even with his followers, with his apostles, as he was here on earth, Jesus regularly surprised, shocked, and even offended some of those that were around him. There's this moment also in the Gospel of Mark where Jesus takes three of his closest friends, three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he takes them up on the mountain and they experience an event called the Transfiguration. The Transfiguration is when Peter, James, and John were actually able to see the glory of Jesus right in front of them. It was shown right in front of them. Then after that encounter on the mountaintop, They left with new knowledge of who Jesus is. Jesus made abundantly clear to them that I am not the God that you expect me to be. I am not the God that 
You demand me to be, but I am the God that I am, and that is much, much better than anything you or anyone else could expect or conjure up of me. God is not a concept that will just conform to anything that we want, but God is free. And God can be trusted. We trust in who he is, not in simply what we want from him. Which brings us to this moment. This moment where we're seeing Jesus entering into Jerusalem to fulfill a mission. He enters into Jerusalem and starts the road that he has told his disciples that this moment will come, it will occur, but it is now at hand. They anticipated it, they knew about it, but they still completely missed it. And they're surprised, they're confused, yet they already knew about this. They knew that he had come to fulfill a mission. Cristo vino a cumplir su misión en la cruz. The whole of Mark, we see this pattern over and over again of Jesus coming to do unexpected things. Of Jesus actually coming and restoring and redefining all things. And he's even confronting some of the things that we hold on to. Jesus comes to redefine it all. And we see this throughout the Gospel of Mark. In that event that I just talked about, in the transfiguration, that's Jesus actually redefining our perception or our expectations of who we think God should be. And instead he reveals to us who he is. Then when Jesus talks about this powerful teaching about what it means to be the servant of all, that's actually Jesus redefining greatness. And then with this new command to actually love God and to love people and how he summarizes all the religious tradition just in those two commandments, that's Jesus actually redefining the law and redefining religious tradition. And then in Gethsemane, that great prayer where Jesus is on his knees and he prays, Lord, if this cup can pass over me, but may not my will, but your will be done. That's Jesus redefining strength. When we place our dependence on God the Father, as Jesus did in that prayer, we see how God can leverage whatever weakness, whatever vulnerability that we have, he can leverage that for strength. And then in this moment here, of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. That's a redefinition of authority and a redefinition of power. Jesus has come triumphantly into Jerusalem to fulfill his mission. And he is redefining everything. He's redefining things vertically and horizontally as we've talked about here at Imago Church. Jesus redefines our relationship with God and our relationships with one another. Jesus comes to fulfill hope through relationships. That's how we can experience the hope of Christ through restored relationships because of the work of Jesus through the cross and in his resurrection. Jesus comes 
to redefine, to make new. In the parade, we see that there were palms, there was excitement. It was so great to see the king come in his, in, in, in his glory, to come triumphantly into Jerusalem. And I'm sure that the different people crying out, save us, that were part of that event in the parade, in the excitement, they came with certain expectations that Jesus would actually give them what they wanted. In this scenario, it's this exciting parade and similar to the way that we have parades here in Tulare County, there was uh, just a lot of commotion, a lot of eagerness as well. And people came to see this king, this king who had come. And they had come with certain expectations, hoping that this king would give them what they wanted. Then Jesus does something completely unexpected. After that celebration, after that parade, he actually then goes into the temple and dismantles it and actually flips over the tables. It's not exactly what people wanted in that moment. But Jesus gave them what they needed. Jesus gives them what they need, not just what they want. As we cry out to God, save us, we can trust in this truth. He will always give us what we need. Maybe not always what we want, but He will provide our needs. As a church, we're currently in this season and we're all navigating it together and we're going to get through it together. My prayer is that in this season of trusting God in uncertain times, at Imago Church, may we pray together for guidance through the Holy Spirit. May we pray that, that just He would be the one to really clear our path. May we depend on Him in prayer and through being encouraged and built up through His Word in the Scriptures and my hope is this, that together we can put on the same posture. That we would lift our hands up and pray and surrender that God would give us what we need. And that he would save us from simply what we want or what our expectations would be from him. We trust a living Lord and a personal God who will always give us what we need. Maybe not always what we want, but he will provide our needs. We trust in him knowing that he will do so and knowing that he knows more than we know and he can be trusted. And it will be important to turn to Jesus in this time and ask, Lord, would you give me what I need, not simply what I want? Because then the old saying can ring true. That sometimes the only thing worse than never getting what you always wanted is actually getting it. We pray that God would be the fulfiller of our needs in this time. The implications of Jesus being Lord is really such a powerful implication. That three-word phrase has so much ability to transform our lives, even in this time where things can all seem up in the air. Jesus is Lord. 
when you feel those moments of stress and anxiety, you can pause and remember Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the one who has supreme authority. Supreme authority over us, over nation, over empire, over temple, over any disease. Jesus is Lord. And this phrase, Jesus is Lord, was actually, again, something that no one expected. But it's what we all needed. And in fact, this phrase, Jesus is Lord, was a very confrontational phrase. It was confrontational enough to get him killed, to take him to the cross. At the cross, we see the power of God displayed, making a way where it seemed like there was no way. You, friend, brother, sister, who's watching this for the very first time, if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, if you're exploring faith or just checking things out for the first time during this season, would you draw near to God? Would you trust in Him and make this affirmation, make the affirmation that Jesus is Lord. Live by that. Trust in that. Hope in that new reality. That no matter what, Jesus is Lord. The Lord of our ups, the Lord of our downs, the Lord of times of joy, the Lord of, of times of difficulty. Jesus is Lord. Some of us can remember in some of these songs that we've sang before together in worship, we remember and we see this in the scriptures as well that his name, the name of Jesus, is our refuge and our strength. His name, the name of Jesus, is a strong and mighty tower that we can depend on, that we can lean on when we don't have the strength. Everything will be redefined and restored and shifted in new ways as really a fruit of this authority of the power of Jesus, of knowing that no matter what, Jesus is Lord. So my prayer is that in the midst of chaos, may we be able to really align ourselves with the authority of the power of Jesus. In these uncertain moments and uncertain times, may we be able to trust in him and know that when we've aligned ourselves with the authority and the power of Jesus, we're under his authority. So that means that he has given us authority. So in these challenging times, under that authority that Jesus has given us, we also have the ability to make declarations. In this season, in this week, in this month, under the authority of Jesus, we can declare hope. We declare trust. We declare joy. We declare strength and courage. Because some of us have lived long enough that you know that these things like joy, strength, courage, those things aren't based on outside circumstances no matter what may be happening. That's not an outside job, it's an inside job. And we have access to that, to that strength, that joy, that courage. When we 
live under that authority of the power of Jesus, of the lordship of Jesus. So my prayer is that this week, this month, that we may let the authority of the power of Jesus take its rightful place in our lives. May the authority of the power of Jesus take its rightful place in your life. Maybe you're like me. And sometimes we're just thrilled to do the exciting stuff or the fun stuff. Where we're thrilled to walk into Jerusalem. We're thrilled to be able to take part in an event like Palm Sunday. In the parade, in the celebration, and in the fun, and in the excitement. But the deeper question this week is, will we follow Jesus past that event? Past the entrance into Jerusalem? Past the palms? past the celebration, will we follow Jesus this week on his journey all the way to the cross? Will we follow him for the mission that he has come to fulfill? That triumphal entry is what led him to the cross and led him to the resurrection. You know, as I think about the cross the power of God on display for all to see, God making a way where it seemed like there was none. One of the things that really sticks with me is that on the cross, Jesus kept going. As he had the cross on his back over his shoulder, he kept going. He didn't stop. He kept going for our sake, to give us new life. And here's my prayer for us this week of Easter week, this month of April. We've all heard already that this is going to be a difficult month for our entire country, for our entire world. My prayer is as we follow Jesus to the cross and as we're carrying our crosses, may we do as our Lord Jesus did. Keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. Keep your eyes on the cross. The power of the cross reminds us that even the worst things will not be the last things. That's where we place our hope in this three-word phrase, Jesus is Lord, no matter what. No matter what may be happening around us, this remains true, that Jesus is Lord. And this is actually calling us to love and to live differently in this world. The question for us is, do we identify really with a Jesus that came to do real business of restoring all things to save us from ourselves, to save us from each other? Or are we coming to Jesus with our own expectations, our own wants, our own thoughts of what, who he should be and what he should do? The Jesus that we see that enters into Jerusalem is a Jesus who enters triumphantly, a living Lord who has acted on our behalf. A living God who made a way for us. 
who took an action, who has done something that has changed everything. This week we'll be reflecting on that together. Holy Week or Easter Week, I know different traditions call it different things, but that's what we're starting today. That's the journey that we're entering into this week. And it's going to be a very unique one, especially in this shelter-in-place season that we're in. You know, I'm so grateful that we're going to have opportunities to be able to still connect online. But I have to be honest with you. This is very unique. In my almost 40 years of life, I can't remember an Easter where I didn't gather together with other believers to worship. So it'll be a very unique one. But the good news is that we keep going. And we will worship together this week through our Good Friday service online and then on Easter Sunday next week. We're going to have the opportunity to remember the power of God through the resurrection and that the worst things are not the last things. We press on, we keep going because He kept going. This week, for many of us, may be a week that is filled with all kinds of emotions. And perhaps Jesus will be entering into different parts of our lives, different parts um, that we need to take a real look at. In fact, that's what this last week of the life of Jesus was about. It was Jesus confronting death, confronting sin, confronting suffering, But all of that led to resurrection, to the victory of God in such an unforeseen and actually um, unexpected way. So my prayer is that this week of Easter week is not just um, a week that we simply let pass by. May we not let it just be a week that we check off the box or that we look at as just a nice sentimental week. But my prayer is that we would allow Jesus to do some real work in us and through us this week. There are real parts of our lives that we need to look at and we need to let Jesus enter into those areas of our lives. There are parts of um, just our world that we want to ask Jesus to enter into and to do a work in and through us. He still uses us as his hands and feet in this time. That's my prayer. That this week we wouldn't just let it pass by, but that we would let Jesus enter into the areas of our lives that he needs to do a new work in, that he needs to do something unexpected in, that he needs to bring about light in, and he needs to bring about life in as well. So just to conclude, as we look at this wonderful passage, we remember that this gathering that occurred here is a gathering where Israel had come to the temple to celebrate Passover. And right in the middle of all of that, there was this interrupting event of the triumphal entry. 
of Jesus entering into Jerusalem, mounted on a colt, mounted on a donkey. So my prayer is that this week together, friends, brothers, sisters, may we be interrupted by the King's entry into our lives this week. May we encounter our King Jesus in this season of disruption. May we remember that He is with us and He meets us here and now. Let's pray together. Vamos orar. Lord God, I just pray that today you would redefine all things with this phrase, Lord, that Jesus is Lord. When we encounter chaos, disappointment, and challenge, may we remember Jesus is Lord. And Lord, I pray that this week, this Easter week, you would mold us and transform us by the power of those three words, Lord, by the power of your cross, of your resurrection, Lord. You've invited us into a new reality that's summed up in those three simple words. Jesus is Lord. God, we pray that you would disrupt us and turn over the tables in the temples of our own hearts, God. Those things that we've held on to for so long, but now, even in this moment where we've all been forced to stop, Lord, may you transform us and make us new, Lord. Step into and enter into those areas of our hearts, our minds, our lives, God, of our world. God, this week, may we find your love deeper than our wants or our needs, God. Lord, may we experience your presence, your power, and your promises this week. We're following you, God, all the way to your cross and all the way to your resurrection. We pray this in the faithful name of Jesus, the name above all names. Amen.